Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. On my microphone, a very pleasant uh, good afternoon to you. A little bit later on, because our guest, uh, she's a California girl, and you know they get up late and go to the spa, do their nails, and they're on Pacific, just kidding, and go in Pacific time. <laughs> and uh, But uh, she's got work to do. She works in the morning, so... It's 1 o'clock Central Time. We are live here. And our 800 line, uh, uh, sorry, it's just not happening today. Uh, we're, uh, my telephone is having a bad hair day, unlike uh, your host. And, and uh, so just uh, do the email questions if you'd like to participate uh, with Melissa Sell. Her specialty is German and new medicine. It's also being called um, German uh, Germanic healing knowledge. It's kind of being morphed into that. And uh, she's a chiropractor and uh, out of California. Her website is drmelissasell.com. And uh, great lady, and we enjoy having her on because it's fun understanding the old body and how it works. And good afternoon. Oh, it's still morning there for you. Hi, Melissa. Oh, let me turn on your microphone. Sorry. Okay, there you are. Hi. Hi, hi. Hello. You look great. Did you have a fun uh, holiday and, and all of that? I did. We got some snow. It was wonderful. What do you all do in, in, in uh, California you know, for the holidays other than put on your mask? I'm just kidding. Well, I don't. I know. I know you don't. <laughs> I know you don't. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we played in the snow and, you know, made some food and it was lovely. How about you? How were your holidays? About the same thing. I hung out and worked on my screenplay and uh, just tried to, you know, stay out of trouble. And we wrote a lot, and so it was a great thing. Speaking of masks, someone posted a tweet. Uh, I think it's a tweet from Dr. Melissa Sell on our Telegram channel today, this morning, just about an hour ago, quite timely. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I'm going to read this for you. Okay. You're not being scientific when you wear a mask. You're being superstitious. Masks are a ritual, a virtual signal, a talisman to... Devout Covidian. Like carrying a rabbit's foot, St. Christopher's medal or a cross, they are physically pointless but spiritually significant. Wow, did you wake up in the morning? You were pretty feisty there, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was feeling a little feisty. And you know, it is. It's when you see how people are devoted to the symbolism of the mask, even though what is still happening people have been required to wear these masks the masks aren't doing anything they haven't done any anything since the beginning and people they but they still cling to them yeah. in the same way that someone would cling to a religious symbol because it has you have belief in it you you believe it's doing something and so it's a superstition it's not actually doing something because there are people who haven't worn masks this whole time and have remained healthy how is that even possible if there's this very scary <laughs> virus that's floating through the air that's just not the reality that we're dealing with yes ma'am I, I we had dr cowan on not long ago and a couple times and somebody had asked him about the idea well maybe this is a bioweapon you know and they released it in the air and he said something similar to what you just said dear he said well, you know, if they release some bio-deadly bio-weapon in the air, we'd all be dead. And it's true. Exactly. It's true, right? We'd all be dead. 
Yeah, be, it's a pretty crappy bioweapon because <laughs> right. I haven't had even a sniffle the last two years. Um, and that's where, you know, what I like to talk about is the, the five biological laws of German new medicine, Germanic healing knowledge, because it helps you, like you said, to understand your body. When we think that symptoms are the result of little particles that float through the air and get into our passages and that we're just, you know, victims of little particles, of course you're going to wear a mask and take the potion and do all of the things to try to, you know, ward off the evil. Or you can understand that your body is equipped with adaptive wisdom and that even, even a sniffle, a sneeze, it's actually one of the things I thought would be really fun to talk about okay. today is the, the stink conflict. Um, because this is one of the easiest ways to start learning um, GNM, the five biological laws, for yourself to start seeing it in action is the stink conflict program. Stink? Like you're talking stink? Like stink? Stink conflict, yes. Okay, well, let's talk about this stink conflict. You know, I'd, I'd like to learn about that. And then we'll, well, let's make sure we go through the five biological laws. So what is the stink conflict? Conflict. We do have skunks here in Texas, but it's not that, right? <laughs> well, it can be because a stink conflict, the biological program is associated with the nasal mucosa. And so a, a conflict um, can either be literal or it can be figurative. You know, all of these biological programs developed over the course of, of human development and evolution. Mm -hmm. And so when we're looking at a stink conflict, what is the purpose of spelling we are detecting we are sensing potential danger fire smoke predators our our sense of smell is very important to survival and so when there is when we have a stink conflict it can be like i said literal so this is actual smells smoke um unpleasant odors something stinks hmm. and you're you're detecting it you're smelling it you're sniffing it out even things like suspicion i'm suspicious so what am i doing i'm trying to i'm trying to smell i'm trying to bring in this more this information and so during the active conflict when you're actively trying to sniff out some danger you're trying to detect something there is erosion there's widening of the nasal mucosa wow and that allows you to bring in this information through the nasal passages so you, that you can better detect what's going on. And so during the conflict, when you're, when you're sniffing, for me, I used to get stink conflicts every time I walked in the grocery store and passed the detergent aisle. Because once I learned about, oh, there's so much toxic stuff in detergents right. and in dryer sheets, and that's, it's poisonous. Every time I would smell it, I would have a stink conflict. And I, would, and I had convinced myself I'm allergic to it. I'm allergic to, you know, chemical fragrances. And so if I walked into some type of office and they had one of those Febreze, like, outlet things mm -hmm. spraying um, fragrance into the air, if I walked past, I would, I would immediately, I would have a stink conflict. And so my nasal mucosa would erode and widen. And then when I got away from the bad smell, my body would start healing. And that's when I would start feeling stuffed up. So this is how the program works so that you can start paying attention to it in your own experience. When something stinks, either literally or figuratively. So this could be a frustrating situation, an annoyance. I'm fed up. This stinks. I'm frustrated. I hate I hate that I have to put this mask on. I hate that I can't, you know, go places. I hate that, you know, this annoying thing is happening to me. 
And so we experience the stink conflict. There's erosion in the nasal mucosa. And then when we resolve the conflict, the, the situation is resolved. We get away from the smell. The body starts healing the nasal mucosa that was eroded during the active conflict. And we can actually weave in all the five biological laws as I describe this biological program. Because the first biological law, it's the psyche brain organ connection. And so the psyche brain organ, when we have a conflict shock, when we are caught off guard by this smell, when we're caught off guard by this annoying situation, you know, we detect, the psyche detects the annoyance, detects the, the dangerous smell. The conflict is immediately, the biological program is immediately activated at the level of the psyche, the brain, and the organ. And so the psyche, that's the stink conflict. The brain, that's going to be the cerebral cortex. There will be a measurable impact in the brain. And then the nasal mucosa, like I've been saying, is eroding. So that's psyche-brain-organ. That's the first biological law. Psyche. So can we, can we also say that would be uh, psychic or maybe mind-brain-organ, same thing? The thing is, the psyche, it's more than just the mind. Maybe the your psyche consciousness. State of consciousness. It's, yeah. It's the consciousness. It's your entire sensory gotcha. apparatus. Right. So it's more than just the mind and the thoughts. And that's why it's not a psychological conflict. It's a biological. It's your whole your organism. Your whole being. Right. Well, let me yeah. ask you, when you go through the store, and I went into Walgreens a couple weeks ago to get some razor blades, and they got this weird smell in there. It's just so, you know, so, so is that something where I had a stink conflict or is it only a stink conflict because I reacted to the smell and thought it was weird? So there's a couple layers to it. So mm -hmm. if your if your nervous system detects this is dangerous, you know, um, mm -hmm. you it, it, again it kind of bypasses the mind, it bypasses like your psychological interpretation of it, and you can just have a biological conflict like Boom. that. Boom. Now we intervene in our we, once you become aware of the things you tend to react to. So for me, like I said, when I would walk into the store and smell those smells, that was a conflict for me. I when when I perceived those scents as dangerous to me, I would experience a stink conflict. Since that time, I've shifted the programming where I say, you know, this obviously it's not ideal to be smelling these things, mm -hmm. but I don't have to have a strong reaction to it. And so I've shifted my perception of these chemicals, of these odors. This is temporary. I'm just walking through the store. I don't, you know, I, so I've trained my nervous system to not respond to the scent as a threat. And so there's, like I said, a couple of layers to it. There's just the, the pure biological, if you smell it, the body's going to react. Um, and then you can intervene and start to shift the programming so that you feel safe even when you're in the presence of something like a chemical odor. Um, and so that's why becoming aware of the things that you tend to react to is so powerful. Um, and so that's why, you know, the it's not psychological in the sense that like, oh, just because I think it's going to happen, it's going to. Um, it's biological. It's what the the deeper, like the subconscious body mind messaging that it's receiving. But when you reprogrammed, and this is this is really fun to talk about. You simply did it by talking to yourself. I don't need to do this. Boom! It's not it's not really tricky. You don't have to go to a seminar or you know or read ten books. You just change your state of consciousness, right? And you're reprogrammed. Now, that's really cool, isn't it? Yes, it's yeah. very cool. 
it's very empowering very because you can see and this is where awareness of self awareness of biology awareness of basically all of the layers because you're not just your conscious mind mm. you are this entire organism that has this deep programming you have ancient biological programming from all think of all of the ancestors that had to survive and live and adapt to their environment to get to now all of that wisdom is within you and so your body in a sense is responding to all of that accumulated wisdom you know so it's your body remembers when a smell you know of a, of a predator meant death you know, obviously, me walking through the grocery store and smelling Febreze doesn't mean death, but my body is programmed in such a way where a dangerous smell could mean imminent death. And so that's my awareness that my body is responding to that. It doesn't know it's just a chemical odor. It doesn't know that, you know, my, my deeper biological mind doesn't understand that this is just a smell and, you know, we've manufactured using petrochemicals, all of these weird artificial fragrances and they're not ideal but my body sees it as like a legitimate life-threatening thing and that's why these biological programs are activated but once i can kind of communicate and understand these deeper more primitive aspects of my being and i can go okay it's not ideal i'm not gonna you know bring this stuff into my house but i'm not in danger i'm not in a mortal danger by walking past this aisle right now. And so I don't need to, uh, I don't need to respond in the same way. And that is how you can communicate with this like more primitive, deeper aspect of yourself through this awareness. And so, like you said, you don't have to go to a seminar. You just have to bring awareness to this, this ancient wisdom within you and kind of, we got to, bring the the new mind and the old mind together mm. in a in a harm, uh, harmonious peaceful environment and that's what that's what health is is you kind of meeting up with this ancient programming that you have and bringing peace into every moment you know so being you know even in the in the presence of of threats of danger can i maintain a, a peaceful state of mind and that's why really peace is um, how you maintain this harmonious um, homeostasis, which is health. Yeah. So then there must be a lot going on for so many humans on, on Earth today with this whole lockdowns and masking and, uh, you know, a lot of, right? It must be hard on a lot of people who don't understand what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is. It's just... We have it's like one threat after another and so again the the depth that you're perceiving these as life-threatening as oh my gosh i've lost my job i have no money i can't feed my kids that type of conflict can manifest in the liver and so your liver could experience this starvation conflict and the liver starts proliferating additional cells because it says oh no She's in danger. She can't uh, afford food. And so what, what do we need to do? Let's let's create more liver tissue so that every bite of food, we can absorb even more nutrients from it. And so that, that, that's what the body is responding wow. to. It's responding to this deep, um, ancient survival uh, need, you know, and that's why understanding that your physical health symptoms are not your body attacking itself it's not a mm. genetic error it's not something going wrong it's deep adaptation so the body's like i know how to Adap help it's adapting yeah it's I've, adapting. Been, I've been thinking about that over the holidays did a lot of uh, contemplation deep down i've had a canary in the coal mine a little thing in my tummy for about a year you know or two years and i know i created it just so i could learn how this works 
But I really got deep down, and thanks to your kind of work, uh, that that all pain and all discomfort and everything, no matter what it is, I'm healing. No matter what it is. And isn't it fun once you really get that? Because it doesn't matter. Okay, well, something's going, that's good. You know, even even a rash, right? Even, even itches, yeah. something. So in general, and now it's true, right? I just didn't make that up. I mean, you guys made it up. I mean, I mean, you guys talk about this, you, but it's true, isn't it, what I just said, right? Absolutely, and that's, you know, and Dr. Hammer, he didn't invent anything. He just discovered he what's discovered always it. been present. Right. He discovered that, you know, there is no such thing as sickness, that it's all, your body is either adapting Whoa. or it's healing. We're either adapting or we're healing. And so when you are actively in conflict, this is I'm in fight or flight, I'm in danger, I'm worried about money, I'm worried about a relationship, I'm worried about what is gonna happen in the future, right. I'm regretting what happened in the past, I'm, I'm preoccupied. And so this is, as you move into like the second biological law, this is the law of two phases. You know, normally uh, we have a normal day-night rhythm during the day. We're more sympathetic, active. So that's that fight or flight. And so this is so that you can go hunt. You can go, you know, you have energy. You're up during the day. And then in the evening, the body goes into parasympathetic mode. And so that is rest and digest. Mm -hmm. And that's our normal day-night rhythm. But when you have a conflict, when you're worried about something, when something stinks, when something's frustrating or terrifying or something has happened to you and now you're feeling the sense of threat, the body shifts into heightened sympathetic activity. And so you're preoccupied in your thinking. You're constantly thinking about the problem. Um, your hands and feet are cold. Your digestion slows. And your your body and your mind is all about resolving the problem. Hmm. So you'll you'll tend to wake up at 3 a.m. If you wake up at 3 a.m., this actually happened to me one day last week. <laughs> wake up. Why do I get 3 a.m.? And the reason your body wakes you up is so that you can solve the problem. That's why the body, everything's quiet, nothing's going on. You're awake at 3 a.m. so that you can resolve the conflict. And so if, you're, if you've been waking up at that time, you can know I'm conflict active. There's something unresolved within my psyche and my work is to resolve it. My work is to find a solution because the body, as long as you haven't found a solution, it's going to be doing its adaptation. So if it's, I'm feeling too slow, I'm feeling behind, I need to hurry up and get money. It may adapt the thyroid tissue. The right side of the thyroid has to do with getting a morsel, being not being fast enough to get a morsel. And so what does it do? It makes more thyroid cells to produce more thyroid hormones to do what? To speed you up. And so it's, it's a biological solution wow. to your psychic problem, to this, you know, it may... Uh, it, again, we have to think back to nature. In nature, this would be a very physical thing. I'm chasing after the rabbit for my dinner, and the rabbit got away. <laughs> that was my morsel. That was the thing I needed to survive, and now it's gone. And now I'm panicking because I don't have food. And so that's where the body's like, all right, well, let's just make more thyroid hormones so that you can hurry up and go get that rabbit so you can survive. But today it is, we're thinking about, oh my gosh, am I going to, am I getting paid? Am I getting another unemployment check? Am I going to be able to get that? And so it's, it's things that aren't a physical rabbit that you're chasing after, but the body sees it in the same way. And so the resolution is to find a solution, get solution oriented. And that's one of the things I teach my students is that you have to start solving your problems and being creative. Because if you're stuck in problem mode, if you're stuck with in your mind is just showing you worst case scenario, bad thing that could happen. What if I what if I don't fix this? What if this doesn't get better? The body's just getting the message conflict. Not OK. 
need to adapt, that's the adaptation mode. And so as long as you stay in the adaptation mode, the body is adapting constantly. So either it's adding additional cells, like I mentioned with the thyroid, mm -hmm. the same thing happens in the liver, in the digestive system, in the lungs. That's a certain type of tissue that behaves a certain way, and it increases during conflict activity. And it's going to keep growing. So a tumor in the liver, a tumor in the lung, a tumor in the colon, a tumor on the, on the thyroid, it's going to keep growing, 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 growing until you resolve the conflict. So when you no longer are in that state of, I need to hurry up and get this thing, I can't digest this morsel, I'm starving and I can't feed my children or my I'm afraid for my life, when you resolve it. This is um, one of my teachers, Helmut Pilhar, he says, the stone has dropped from my soul. <laughs> so you've got this stone in I your like soul, you're, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're conflicted, and then <sighs> relief. When you get the signal of relief, when the body gets the signal of relief, then it stops the adaptation mode, the fight or flight, and it shifts in to the parasympathetic, the healing mode. And th that could be a time then, Melissa, when we actually have some pain or discomfort, right? Exactly. Really? And so typically, when you're, yeah, when you're Ooh. in conflict for majority, so like about 60 to 80% of conflicts, when you're in conflict, you're not experiencing physical symptoms. You're experiencing panic, cold hands, anxiety, worry, chronic thinking, insomnia, waking up at 3 a.m. Right. Those are the symptoms of the conflict phase. But physically, for the most part, you're not symptomatic because the body is, again, taking all of its resources to adapt to the situation. But it's when you get to safety, oh, when the check finally comes in the mail, you know, when you finally get the signal that everything's going to be okay, the thing I was worried about is no longer a concern, whew, sigh of relief. And once you have that sigh of relief, now the body has to go back to normal. But in order to do that, it has to change. So if there were cells that were increased during the conflict, those cells now need to be broken down because you don't need them anymore. They were temporary. And so those temporary cells of the thyroid, the lung, the colon, whatever, need to be decomposed. And that's what starts happening during the resolution phase, when the body is repairing. Repairing. And so this is when I'm fatigued. Because now, you know, you were in high energy mode during the conflict. Now you have to rest. And you have to rest. And explain know. again why, I almost have it, why the tissues expand. Like I think I got it on the thyroid because it wants to make it maybe stronger, increase your metabolism or something, so it'll increase tissue. And I, th I believe Richard Massey, who does recall healing, he said that he believes that when, say, around the heart, if you feel like your territory is being encroached upon, the, the, the vessels will actually increase, increase uh, stuff, I guess, in the vessels, right? Okay, so that they're a little different. So okay. this this kind of gets us into the third biological law because uh, there are different tissue types in the body. Ah. There's three different layers, but functionally there's four different layers. Um, there are old layers and then new layers. The oldest brain tissue layers um, are controlled from the brain stem, which is the ancient brain, the oldest part of the brain. We have these endodermal tissue cells. And so the endodermal and the old mesoderm, which is controlled by the cerebrum, so both of these are older portions of the brain, those types of tissues have cellular proliferation during the act of conflict. Uh -huh. So this is like I was saying, the thyroid, the lung, the colon, the liver, there's going to be increased tissue cells. The like the tonsils, they get bigger so that they can produce more juices. 
Huh. Um, so they're either producing more juices, more absorptive capacity, like in the colon, um, like in the lung. We want to be able to uh, absorb more oxygen. And so they have this, uh, this function of increasing cells to increase some type of, of functionality during the active conflict. And so, but the new brain, so this includes uh, the new mesoderm and the cerebral cortex and the ectoderm. This is like you were saying with the blood vessels of the heart. Um, when I was talking about the nasal mucosa, that has to do with, that's an ectodermal new type of tissue. So during the conflict, rather than increasing cells, there's erosion of cells. So we lose cells in the nasal cavity, we lose cells in the coronary arteries, we lose cells in the bronchial so if you are having so like a, a territorial fear conflict this is the the cough and a fever you know the the <laughs> the symptoms of the oh so scary bad thing that everybody is getting um, it has to do with the territorial fear and the bronchial mucosa widens so we lose cells during conflict activity for those types of tissues so the different it's different um, type yeah, of yeah. just depends right? wow it just depends and that's why learning how the body works, you can start saying, oh, I, I know why this is happening. So like the skin, that's an ectodermal program. During the active conflict, there is cellular loss. You're typically completely unaware of this. It's a separation conflict. And then during healing, so when the itchy rash appears, that's when the body is restoring the tissue that was lost during the active conflict. But if we go a layer deeper, so that's the external skin, the ectoderm, the deeper layer of skin, the corium, the dermis skin, during the active conflict, it, it, it responds to a feeling attacked or feeling soiled conflict. So it increases cells. It's like a little shield the body builds. And you, you see this like with the melanoma, the body builds up this shield. And then during the healing phase is when the body breaks down the shield. Um, and so we'll see uh, the, the changes. So if a, a person has um, like a melanoma or a mole and it starts changing, it's because the body is beginning to decompose and break down those cells that are no longer needed. And so, yes, it really depends on the tissue type. And that's why the symptom is everything. When you are looking at from it, from the GNM GHK perspective, we have to know your symptoms. I don't care about your diagnosis. Oh, I have Lyme. I have Epstein-Barr. I have, <laughs> you know, uh, COVID. Those are meaningless because what really matters is, well, what symptoms are you expressing? The symptoms tell the story. Oh, I've got sinus. Um, my, my sinuses are all blocked up. I can't smell anything. I'm coughing. Okay, well, that lets us know you had a stink conflict and a territorial fear conflict. Um, oh, I've got a, a rash and my shoulder is hurting. Oh, you had a separation conflict and a self-devaluation conflict. The symptoms tell the story. Wow. That reveals to us what is going on, what, what type of conflict you experienced. Um, and that also, if we did a CT brain scan, we'd know the area of the brain was involved. That's fa wow, fast. Is there uh, can you recommend uh, the best go-to book to really learn this? What would you recommend? Well, there's the the scientific chart um, that you can order, and this is. You know, this, it's not totally, it, it's great to have re to reference, but uh -huh. as far as like learning, there, um, Helmut Pilhar, this was Dr. Hammer, uh, approved him as a lecturer of all of his material and his his work is currently getting translated into english and a good body of it has already been translated so wow. if you're really interested i do recommend his lectures um and the the site is germanisha heil kunde i i, I can send I you the your link pardon. <laughs> what's it what's the link? <laughs> 
Germanische Heil Kunde, which is the GHK, which is uh, roughly translated. Yeah, please Germanic do send the link, and we'll put it on on your show page on the audio. People can click on that, and some of it has been being translated into English. Yes. Uh, and, um, and what is the book that you held up that might be a reference? This is the scientific chart. Let me put um, your full screen there so we can see it. I got it. And this goes through each of the organs um, so that you can understand the connections between, you know, what, what type of conflict is it, um, what happens in the body. And so this is, it's a great reference to have. And it's called, here. and the name of it is Scientific Chart? Of Germanic New Medicine, oh, yes. Scientific and you probably get that anywhere. Scientific chart. Wow, that's pretty cool. And then now you do consults with people right around the world, right? This is what you do. Yes, and I work with people, you know, mostly on experience transformation. You know, because once we understand what is at the root of this, what kind of chronic thing? Oh, I've got chronic sinus problems. Uh -huh. Well, let's look back at your life. What was going on in your life when these sinus problems first began? And we have to look for some type of chronic frustration, irritation, stink. Um, and, and we have to also look at tracks and triggers because, you know, things like allergies, allergies aren't random. Allergies occur, you know, so, oh, I have seasonal allergies. And every time in the spring or the fall, I my, my nose gets all stuffed up. And it's not because you have an immune system problem. It's because in the spring or the fall, you experienced a strong stink conflict. Something happened, you were caught off guard, and the body, you know, again, the body is always detecting things and it's um, looking out for clues and signals, okay, could this thing be happening again? Because imagine being an animal down at a water hole, getting some water next to a juniper bush, and then you get attacked by a tiger. And so it says, oh, every time we smell a juniper bush, we better be on the lookout for a tiger because that one time, if you could just detect a couple, you know, seconds in advance of the threat coming your way, that could provide a survival advantage. So that's why the body does this. That's why the body, you know, can flag odors it can flag pollen it can flag gluten it can flag dairy because it was in your system at a point when you experienced a strong conflict shock and now it, it just uses it as a detection signal this thing could be happening again because i'm smelling this because i i have this in my system uh this one time before we had a shock when this was present and so the body reactivates the conflict as a preemptive protection um, against whatever could be happening Wow, very fascinating. Listen, stay right there. We're going to do a quick little break here. Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. Her website is DrMelissaCell.com. Dr. Melissa For my first meal of the day, I like to make a blended drink, and I'm always basing my blended drinks around colostrum. Colostrum adds so much creamy flavor and texture that if you don't have it, smoothies start to seem a little bit watery to me. Now, I'm going to be combining it with a bunch of other ingredients, but it really is the all-star. Colostrum has so many health benefits. Probably it's best known for its effects on the immune system. There's actually an article in PubMed showing colostrum to be three times more effective against flu and flu symptoms than flu vaccines are, even in high-risk patients. It's incredible for fighting flu and other viral-type infections. It's also really good for building lean muscle mass. In fact, it contains all 89 of the known mammalian growth factors. It's also very good for the gut lining. So people who suffer from things like Crohn's, IBS, uh, leaky gut syndrome, a lot of those folks are using colostrum in the regenerative process to 
heal and restore their gut lining. And one of the things I love about it is that it's a complete food. So colostrum contains everything a mammal needs to thrive. It contains all of the essential amino acids. It contains all of the essential lipids or fats. It contains all of the essential glyconutrients. Those are essential sugars that we need for our immune function. So it's got all of that and all those growth factors, which means this is really a complete food for human beings or for any other mammals. Tastes great. It's got the fuel I need to get through the day, and it's got all those added health benefits thanks to the colostrum too. We really love this product. Uh, I used it in my smoothies this morning. I did blueberries, uh, colostrum, and some of the uh, uh, grotein from Shen Blossom, and some oat milk. I'm doing kind of oat milk thing, and some spirulina and some cool stuff, and put it in the Nutribullet, thanks to David Wolf, Nutribullet, mm, and drink that puppy. And, Boy, it'll keep you going probably till about 6 o'clock tonight. Uh, it's a great company, Sir Thrival. One of their uh, uh, premier products that I've been using for, I guess, about 10 years is called pine pollen, which is a food. It's not a, you know, it's an, and it's a, one of the uh, biggest source of uh, testosterone kind of in the, in, you know, ever. And all of the birds and bees and flowers and trees use pine pollen in the spring uh, to actually eat and, and uh, do things. And uh, one of the benefits of pine pollen is to keep your testosterone levels up and about. And about a week ago, uh, two weeks ago, I did a little blood test just for fun to check my testosterone levels. And I've, I've got 75 uh, Christmases under my belt, so you, you know that. So here's my little test, just a promo for... <laughs> I'm not... I'm not, you know, I'm not promoting my testosterone levels to get married or anything, but, um, it, <laughs> okay, this is two weeks ago, and it said my testosterone level came back abnormal, right? And as I look at it, I go, oh, it's too high. Uh, it's too high. 878 is my level, and normal for men is 400, you know, the, the levels, you know, the, the, the ranges, they just make those up, so it doesn't mean anything, but it's pretty high, 878, so... You know, so I'm doing good, so, you know. Uh, whatever. So pine pollen works. If you want your testosterone levels up, just uh, get some pine pollen, elk velvet antler uh, from oneradionetwork.com, and then you two can get married and have, have babies, I guess. <laughs> from the Hill Country in Texas, this is oneradionetwork.com. I should actually, you know, just do that on online dating and use that to, you know, because girls want to have babies. So what can I say, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, somebody told me, uh, I don't know, I think it was Dr. Ray Pete. You might appreciate this. He suggested that, that, uh, that women actually smell, in a sense, the immune system of future mates. And that makes them more attractive to somebody. That would make sense too, wouldn't it? Do you think that's true? Possible? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know necessarily about like the immune system okay. aspect because that actually kind of leads us into the fourth biological law that you know Dr. Hammer discovered that you know what we what we call the immune system yeah it's implies, not really implies an enemy. It implies that there are there's something to defend against, and a lot of people, even in the holistic world, like are still in the idea of the immune system, meaning that oh, there are. And I used to think this too. I so thought right. that there are 
pathogenic bad bacteria and that I have to kind of keep my little army very strong with perfect diet Just in and case no sugar. Somebody attacks me, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Yep, but when you understand that the, the bacteria that live inside of us, they are seasonal workers, meaning that they live inside of us, they are there on standby, and that's why, you know, they know this in medicine. They, they test people for things like tuberculosis, and the, a person can have tubercular bacteria but not have a tuberculosis infection because the tuberculosis, they're just, they're hanging out. They're waiting for the cue from the brain to become active. And so that's why, you know, when people say, I have an infection, an infection implies that some bacteria got somewhere and it, they're taking over. Right. And so that's why we, we turn to the, the antibiotic, the anti-inflammatory, whether we use, you know, uh, pharmaceutical antibiotics or we use kind of natural oregano oil, whatever antibiotic to, we want to kill, we want to diminish the activity of bacteria. Right. Um, but but when you understand it's not that true though, right? We, we don't get infected by anything. No, those bacteria, they're just there waiting for their moment. And their moment comes when you resolve a conflict. When you resolve a conflict, the body starts repairing tissue. Mm. And so that repair is either building up additional cells because the cells were lost or decomposing cells that were built up. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, yeah, so yep. that's viruses and bacteria. That's what they do, right? That's what they're they there do. for. How about uh, fungus? fungus? Same thing? Fungus, same thing. Even parasites. Wow. That parasites become active. So if you, you can eat something, you know, if you eat meat, you get exposed to parasites. But they're not going to do anything to you. They'll just pass right through unless they're needed. When they're needed, and that's why, you know, when we take bacteria in, they just kind of hang out in the body unless they're needed. And when they're needed is once a conflict has been resolved and decomposition needs to take place, like say in the digestive system, in the gut, the the bacteria or the parasite is going to be decomposing cells that were built up during conflict. Most of the people that I've worked with, really everybody that I've ever worked with that has had a parasite problem, has had a chronic conflict, chronic digestive conflict, chronic indigestible morsel for a very long time. And so I kind of think of the, the parasites are like the big guns, you know, and when right. they're needed... Um, and so a person that's like a, has a persistent issue with parasites, it's because they've got a persistent indigestible morsel conflict and tissues are building up in the digestive system and they need to be decomposed and broken down. And that's when the bacteria, the parasite, the fungus, that's when it becomes active. And so they're not just randomly going to take over your body. You know, same thing I used to think of a, a urinary right. tract infection. So you, you wouldn't want to, excuse me, you wouldn't want to kill the parasites if they're building up to get ready to get rid of the the tissues, right? It changes. Yeah, it changes the way that you your attitude towards bacteria, fungus, parasites, all of these things when you start seeing them as helpers, that they're working in harmony. That they if I zoom out and I look at the big picture, you know, when we just zoom in and we say, "Oh, the bacteria is causing the problem. The, the parasite is causing the problem." This is the this is the story of Oh, the fire truck is causing the fire because every time there's a fire, there's a fire truck. <laughs> no, the fire truck is there because the fire is is needing to be put right, out. And right. that's what the bacteria that and if you when you can start looking at it that way, rather than there's an enemy that I need to fight, that I need to cleanse, that I need to detox from. Well, we spent so many years in the natural world thinking about these things like right like that. 
Well, if you have toenail fungus, well, then you got candida overgrowth, and you got to get get rid of the candida and all of that. But it's uh, it's just not true, is it? The way you're explaining it, it's just not true. Yeah, when you when you understand, and that, when you're in that model, though, it seems to make sense. Sure. Because, but when but you're looking at a very you're looking at one part of a story that's this long. Yeah. And so when you're looking at this part and then you do the cleanse or you do the diet and it goes away and it's like, oh, it, 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 this is this worked. But you're only seeing one part of a story when when you zoom out to see the whole biological program, you can say, oh, the body was already in healing. The symptom that manifested over here was started way back here. And I thought that I was getting rid of the problem by getting rid of the bacteria, but I didn't. That's not what was happening. And that's where you have to zoom out. You have to understand this bigger context of why did this happen to begin with? What is the tissue involved? What was going on with me? And that's why this is such a window into personal growth and personal mm -hmm. evolution. Because you can start to say, oh, this toenail fungus came because I felt attacked or felt soiled, you know, and so that's what caused this problem. That's what caused it to begin and to perpetuate for as long as it had. And then I must have resolved this conflict. That's what caused the fungus to go away. That's what made it go away. It wasn't the, you know, the detox protocol that I did. That's still so outside in. You know, this is an inside out Right. Thing that's happening. Right. There's there's wisdom within the body, and there's reasons that things go on. Is it logical to do the outside in uh, while you're doing the inside out, just to support everything? So yeah, so the outside in is about support. Mm -hmm. You know, it is about we want to have really good quality nutrients in our body, so right. that as our body is repairing this tissue, it's got really great raw materials to to to, to do. It. Build from, you know, and so we want to have good nutrition. We want to avoid toxins because, you know, the body has these natural detox mechanisms and we don't want to overload them with, you know, excessive external toxins. But it's all about support. It's not about disease prevention. And that was one of the biggest transformations of learning this information that came from me is I thought that healthy lifestyle was preventing disease, that by not eating sugar, that I was preventing cancer. Right. But that... I, you don't have to eat any sugar. You could be sugar-free completely. But if you have a certain type of conflict, your body will still build cancer. Sure. Because cancer is not a problem. It's not a punishment. It is an adaptation in response to a conflict shock. Adaptation to in response to a conflict shock, where I think you talked about maybe uh, the lumps and breasts for gals. Um, go through that again, because that's really fascinating. You did that last time you were on. Yes. So um, like a breast cancer, there's two different types. There's either the cancer of the gland, the mammary gland, um, or there's cancer of the duct. And so the mammary gland has to do with a nest worry conflict. So this is a grave worry for someone in your nest. It could be the nest itself, your home, a child, a loved one. Um, the body will proliferate additional breast gland cells during the act of conflict and the whole biological purpose even if you're not lactating it's still the ancient programming is to produce more breast gland so you can produce more breast milk so that wow. you can nourish and provide for the offspring or the loved one that is in danger so Again, we have to think back to our ancient ancestors. We have to think back to what could they have been dealing with. So if your you know, child is bleeding out 
um, but there's no, you know, CVS that you can't just run to the store and, you know, get some, um, some type of hydration. You know, you don't have access to immediate nutrition for a child or a loved one that's bleeding or in grave danger. Your body says, oh, I can make milk. <laughs> and so it says, let me make some more milk so that I can, we can help this family member to survive this, you know, dangerous situation. Yeah. Our body still has that programming, even though we're living in modern times where that's not a, you know, we've got taps of water and, you know, 911 and we've got a lot of resources now. So if all diseases are conflicts, some kind of conflict, which we believe they are, are you, then if we would do like the most Dalai Lama diet and herbs and all these different things, would the symptoms go away but they would come back because the conflict hasn't been resolved? So that is, it has everything to do with is the conflict resolved or not, you know, and so a person, even if they're eating perfectly, you know, um, and even people who, you know, perceive themselves, oh, I'm a very peaceful person, I'm not, you know, we have to look at if the symptom is going on, if the tumor is there, if the lump is there, a biological conflict took place. And that's where you have to kind of peel back some layers and say, huh, how was I shocked? What did catch me off guard? Even if, you know, we have a really, you know, the mind the human mind is really good at hiding things from us you know and lack of awareness and lack of understanding you can you know you can be experiencing a conflict but say oh I'm a very you know I'm a very happy person oh she was the happiest person I knew but she had breast cancer so so GNM can't be right people will say things like this but it's like it's more than just am I happy it's more than just oh do I you know do I do I am I am I okay right you have to look at the biological conflict and whether or not it's resolved and whether or not it's being reactivated by tracking and triggers is my body getting reminded of this bad thing that happened and so there's a lot of layers to the awareness work that one needs to do to discover the conflict you have to discover what happened what was it that caught me off guard why is it that my nervous system is still responding to this thing that happened it's because the the, the stone hasn't dropped from your soul <laughs> you haven't completely released and you haven't completed the story and so that's why you know the work that I do with people is in, you know, one, helping you to discover what was the conflict and then how can you finish the story? How can you, you know, um, one of the other uh, cues or one of the other things that Helmut talks about is um, if it can't happen again, what would it take for me to not be able to be shocked in this way again? Say that again, if it can't happen again? If it can't, a conflict can be resolved. And this is, this happens often with children, kids Ah. who like grow out of allergies or grow out of asthma. It's like, huh, they had this issue, but when they, when they grew up, the the problem was completely gone. Like it had never happened. And it's because the reason that those conflicts get resolved kind of organically is because it can't, the same type of situation, when you grow up, you can't be affected by certain things the same way you were when you were a child, where you when you were helpless, you know. And so becoming aware of that, oh gosh, I, I can't, you know, I can't be harmed in that way because I'm not a little kid anymore, because I'm not a child, I'm an adult. And so because it can't happen again, the conflict just falls away and it resolves naturally on its own. And so sometimes what we have to do is bring awareness to the conflict shock that happened and and look at what would it take for me to not be able to experience this in the same way again you know but if you are always worried oh I could always lose my job I lost my job once and it was really bad you know and if the body is still responding to the potential of losing a job Mm. it could happen again so the body keeps the conflict you know the conflict isn't fully resolved it's continually being reactivated because the potential is still there and so 
one of the ways of resolving a conflict is really looking at what would have to be different within me so that I would feel as though this couldn't happen this to me couldn't again. happen again oh that's good so you actually are growing spiritually right you're, yes. gro- you're growing spiritually you're just saying okay well what would um, you know there's as you know there's a lot and I call it fear porn Melissa out there every all kinds of things I see people send me articles saying well anybody who is not vaxxed is going to be thrown into internment camps and stuff like that, you know. And I don't believe that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> they're not going to. But um, what would it take for somebody who is not, doesn't uh, understand it like you and I might, and what would that take for them to have a trauma over that, just to believe it? Well, so yeah, if you if you were reading something one day and you are shocked by, oh my gosh, like I didn't oh my know God. this could happen. Yeah. Right? My kids could get taken from me, and then you're you're preoccupied. So it has to kind of sufficiently catch you off guard on uh-huh. the wrong foot, uh-huh. feeling unprepared, because that's one of the hallmarks. It's not, and this is a big point to get across. Yes. It's not just stress that causes these adaptation programs. It's not just stress. People are, oh, I'm stressed. Oh, now I'm worried. I'm going to get cancer. It's not just stress. It's it's the shock. It's being in a moment isolated, feeling alone, feeling caught off guard, caught on the wrong foot. So if you're, you know, a single parent and your your child, you know, has to go to, to daycare or something and now all of these mandates are happening and you're worried, you're caught on the wrong foot, you're feeling totally alone, totally isolated, then yes, it could very Build easily into be. Some, but but if, if they somebody just had a, a five-minute kind of shock and got scared and said, man, that's crazy, and then let it go, it, would it, it wouldn't do anything, right? No? Well, you'll have five minutes worth of conflict activity. This is actually, this kind of brings <laughs> me back to the same conflict thing and something that you guys can test right away for yourself. Huh. Pay attention to when someone sneezes because a sneeze is an epicrisis of a stink conflict. You know, so if you sneeze and so paying attention to when a person sneezes, you know that moments ago or like a few minutes ago, they were annoyed by something. They were frustrated by something. They had a stink conflict because the sneeze is the epicrisis. And so if it was just like a very brief, like this will happen to me if my dogs knock something over or, um, oh, I, the other day I left our coffee pot on on the flame and it was like it burned the whole thing. And I was like, oh, no, I've done I that one. Yeah, I've done that one. It was it was very brief. Um, you know, I was annoyed. I was frustrated with myself. You know, it actually did smell bad too because right. I was burnt burned the thing. And so uh, when it was re- resolved, I had a stink conflict and it had a very tiny, just a little bit of scratchiness in my throat because I, I was like a sore throat because I couldn't swallow. Oh, I can't believe I did that. I can't accept that I <laughs> left that on and, and you know sure. almost burned the the whole thing up. And so. If it's a brief conflict, it'll be a brief healing phase, and you'll barely notice it. There'll be the slightest scratchiness and a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of drainage, um, some sneeze, like a sneeze or two, and that's it. And so the intensity and the duration of the conflict determines the intensity and the duration of the healing symptoms. And so if you were annoyed for a week, you're going to have a stuffed up, uh, you know, sinus cold. For a week if you you know if you were frustrated for just a, a minute or two the con the healing is going to be a minute or two and so it's 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 proportional that's hilarious to what you yeah. yesterday i was on the phone uh, kind of with a uh, fedex and i just couldn't get rid of the computer girl and you know she kept asking me what i wanted and i kept telling her and i was getting angry see i'm really I'm, and i said no i just want to talk to a person and she said okay we can send you an agent what is your problem and then i then you know because it was a complicated thing. And then I got off of the phone after about five minutes. And I really had a good talk with myself. I said, Patrick, 
this is not going to help you. Don't do that. <laughs> this is just not cool. I mean, hang up or don't, you know, you know what I'm saying? It was like, whoa. Uh, so that's what you're talking about. So I had a conflict and I got rid of it within five minutes because I caught it, right? Yep. And, mm-hmm. just, and that and that's the goal is to catch it, to pay attention boom. to when you're conflicted and, and to resolve it quickly. And if people learn to do that, if you learn to pay boom, attention boom. to yourself, mm-hmm. pay attention to what you're preoccupied with, what annoyed you, resolve it. Close the loop. Don't leave it open. Close you leave it open. <laughs> the body adapts. And so we want to close the open loop, feel the sense of relief and let the body, you know, get back to homeostasis. Open loop. So how do you personally... Do you have to go through any, a little before you go, I know you got to run a couple minutes with all of the, do you read any of the news or anything or watch the news or none of this stuff? You just don't, you don't even go there. You don't even go there. Yeah, Yeah, there's nothing there. Peace peace is my, you know, it's, it's maintaining peace and anything that disturbs your peace, you want to cut it out of your life because, you know, this disturbance of peace and you need to get strong. You know, so much of this is about building inner resilience, inner strength. You know, the whole thing about the conflict is caught on the wrong foot. I can't handle this. It's when you kind of reach this threshold for I can't handle this. I don't know how I'm going to fix this problem. That's when the body steps in. Uh And so expanding your capacity to handle stuff becoming stronger you know seeing yourself as strong and resilient and resourceful knowing that no matter what happens i'm going to find a solution that energy that i find to be so powerful for minimizing conflicts shortening conflicts because you know even if i'm worried about something for a little bit I fix it. I resolve it. I know I'm going to figure it out. I trust the universe. I trust my, you know, my inner guidance to lead me to the answer. And that's why, you know, having a spiritual connection to everything, realizing kind of the big, big, big picture of reality is so freeing because you're when you're stuck in your, you know, your your timeline, when you're stuck in your identity, you're stuck in your role, everything seems so intense and serious and catastrophic. But when you zoom out really big and you realize this is all a game and we're just here for experiences, we're here to have fun, um, you can you can access that and that often will just clear a conflict because you realize the thing I was so zoomed in on and so worried about, you know, from this bigger picture is a non-issue. I know that there's a resolution to this and I just need to link up with that and find that peace. Yeah. Well, God love you. Well, you're doing great work. You can come back anytime, okay? Just any time. I'll keep inviting you. You just let me know when you can do it. And don't feel... Sounds good. Don't worry. No worries if you can't do it when I invite you because I know you're a busy girl. Okay, your website. Tell folks quickly before you go about what they'll find there at drmelissacell.com. Yep, you can check out. I've got courses. My partner and I, we do a weekly group coaching call if you're interested in how to build this kind of resilient mindset. Um, My YouTube channel is great if you're interested in learning more about GNM. Um, So that's uh, just Dr. Melissa Sell on YouTube. Um, I've got a Telegram, Instagram. Come find me, say hello, (laughs) um, and definitely learn this for yourself. Come find me, say hello. All right, my dear, take care. Say say, uh, uh, happy new you to your partner and to your dogs, and uh, we'll see you the next time, Melissa. Thank you. I will. Thank you, Patrick. Bye-bye. May the blessings be, Dr. Melissa Sell. Yeah, she's great. And uh, we invite her on, and we'll get her on as much as we possibly can, because I think she's on it, and I'm going to get that book. It's called The Scientific Thing, and she's going to send us uh, a link to Helmut Pillman's, uh, Pillmore's. I want to read some of his stuff. Isn't that great? Boy, if you really get this and, and, uh, and not forget it, like, you know, we all forget it, but, I mean, anything, you know, any kind of... Uh, 
pains or uncomfortableness, anything, just ever and ever again. And I know, I, I, I just don't, I'm not just believing her because I think she's cool and, and I know this work, but I, this is a, what I have found over the last two or three, four years looking at this. Uh, there's just no, there's just no reason uh, uh, to worry about pain or discomfort. And there's some, the body's doing something, you know. It may be a little uncomfortable, but I just sing Hugh, you know, my Hugh. Oh, somebody's at the door. I sing Hugh or talk to God or hang out or go on the rebounder or do something. And I better go if somebody's at the door. Okay, I love you all very much. Thank you. We will see you on Friday with Open Phone Friday. Patrick Timponi, may the blessings be. From the Hill Country in Texas, broadcasting worldwide, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.